Welcome everyone to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm so excited. Uh, far, far away, we've got Nate Bailey uh, on the line. He's a renowned uh, speaker, coach, uh, best-selling author, and has so much in his story that I'm curious to know more about so that we can understand how he has created you know, his own success story uh, based on his life. Welcome to the show, Nate. Thank you. Well, uh, I really appreciate it. It's an uh, honor to be here today and to be, be with you on your podcast here. Thank you. I appreciate it. So um, give us a little sense of what life is like for you at the moment. What are the things that you're passionate about and sort of driving forward on? Yeah. Well, currently right now, so I live in, yeah, like you said, far, far away, Minnesota okay. in the United States. Um, and I currently travel back and forth from Minnesota to California every month. I'm the lead trainer and lead coach inside of uh, the Prosperity Revolution, which we do a few different events. We, we coach, we train, we lead uh, men and women across the world, um, entrepreneurs, married entrepreneurs that are building businesses, and, and but ultimately really want more out of life. And um, so that's currently what's present for me. And, and also on top of that, so as a leader, as a coach, as a speaker, author, all of those things, as putting myself out there every single day, um, I, I live kind of by this motto of uh, live what you teach or live what you preach. And and so really for me, outside of doing that, is I'm, I'm constantly trying to, to do what I like to say is just hard stuff every day. There's things that are going to continue to push me and make me grow and get me out of my comfort zone. Like, cause I always like this morning I was walking into my daughter's room and I have this event coming up in September and I'm kind of scared about it. Like scared is the right word or, or, you know, you got this resistance, this fear, all these stories that pop up inside of our life um, that try to keep you comfortable, try to keep you from doing the things that, keep that are safe. hard. Yeah. Keep you safe. And, and uh, it's just funny cause I'll realize them. And I can come up with all these reasons of why I shouldn't or to justify not doing doing these things, right? It's like, why can't I just go to the, be okay going to the gym every day and just kind of doing a little bit of work and still weigh more than everybody else and just be all right with that and just, and I don't know, there's something inside of me that continues to push for more. Amazing. Because we can be really smart about that as well. Like our mind can come up with the most logical, sensible reasons and excuses for why we shouldn't push ourselves outside of our comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. And don't get me wrong. I mean, sometimes it just there might be some real legitimate reasons why you, you, you wouldn't um, go out and do something that you originally maybe said that you would. But I would say the majority of the time, it's just... Uh, it's just that monkey brain, that lizard brain that's trying to keep you from, this trying to keep you complacent, comfortable. So I love your, your ethos, and I definitely talk about leading by example. Uh, if we're asking other people to do things, you know, we've got to be doing them ourselves and proving to ourselves and other people that what we're saying, you know, has some kind of impact, some reward, but also the struggle bit that, you know, that we all feel no matter how far along in the game we are. Um, so I'm curious about what got you to this place, because I imagine you weren't just born going, you know, let me just push myself out of my comfort zone every single second all the time. Um, give us just a little bit of context about growing up. So what was it like? Did, did, did your parents have that sort of ethos of, of push yourself outside of your comfort zone? Or what was that like? Yeah, I would, I would say not necessarily. It's not I, my, my parents were always, I, I don't, you know, in case you're watching mom, dad, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, they, 
it's not that they weren't hardworking and always, you know, you know, not the mentality of, you know, you should just, you're entitled to get whatever it is that you want. Uh, definitely not that, but the same point, maybe not necessarily pushing themselves out of the comfort zone. I don't think a lot of people do and it's not good or bad, right? Like right. If, if, you, if you're not that person that like, it's okay. And I don't have anything about it, but that whatever works for you is what works for you. But I just feel, I don't know. I think I've always, I've always had it innately inside of me, not necessarily that I've always listened to it, probably more so really in the last three, three and a half years where I really made that shift to that mentality. Um, I was always, I was an athlete growing up and I was always pushing myself harder than most other kids uh, growing up. And, and then you get into college and then you, you kind of get around some of the same people, right? Because to, to go to college and to play football like I did, um, you have to have that similar mentality, but then there's always, you know, others that are just working off skill alone. Right. And, and I was one that was never really quite good enough to walk, work just off skill alone. And so I've always had to push and work and, and, and then, um, you know, I finished football in college and I joined the military. (laughs) I, I, I don't know why I joined the military other than I think it was just like, I wonder if I can do this. I wonder if I have what it takes to go through. So it was almost like this, this another physical challenge. And in a way, thinking back, just thinking about it out loud right now is that, you know, it was another way for me to do something hard that I was uncomfortable with, that I was definitely uh, scared and nervous about a lot of uncertainties, uh, unanswered questions that you just don't know if you, you will have what it takes to, to go, go ahead and do that and be successful. And, and, uh, so that led me down that path. And, and, um, you know, today I've, you know, over the last four or five months, I've, I've been, uh, I've decided I wanted to see if I had what it took to run a hundred miles. And so without stopping and I'm a pretty big guy, like, and so I've done, I've attempted two hundred mile races and I actually haven't uh, completed it. I've gotten 76 miles is the last, last time I went was 76 miles. And I'm def I'm like one of the biggest guys there. Like I'm not, you know, I'm six, three, 230 pounds. And, and the typical hundred mile runner is, you know, they might be 6'3", but they're 170 pounds. (laughs) And like, correct me if I'm wrong, but a normal marathon is 23 miles. Is that right? Yeah. So a marathon is 26.2. 26.2. Okay. So it's 26.2 and you have achieved 76 miles. I think you said, um, yes, yes. Which I get that you're still pushing yourself to the hundred, but I just want to give people like some context of like how far and how much endurance that, and, and, physical skill but also mental skill uh in order to to be consistent and build up that that endurance i mean what what's the mental part of it uh obviously we can understand that there's the physical conditioning training building it up and all and all the rest of it but i'm curious about like what's the mindset work that that you do or that you you train yourself in or that you just hope for the best with Yeah, the mental part is a huge, huge piece of it. You know, a lot of times you hear people say that it's that it's more than the physical part. Um, I'm not sure where that lands, but but the mental piece is 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 big, right? Uh, physically, you, I mean, you have to do the work and you have to prepare your body to to go 100 miles. And and sometimes your body, no matter how mentally strong you are, your body just uh, sometimes won't let you go. But but at the same time, I think there's it is a, a, a probably the majority of it is mentally. And for me, I just um, you know I think it's it's been just how I've lived, the experiences that I've put myself through, some of the challenges that I've done, um, some of the times in my life that I've I've gone through and and um, that have gotten me to this point, and just this mindset of 
you know, I, I try to stay in the present, you know, because I know anytime I, I allow myself to go into the past of maybe things that have happened, maybe failures, you know, it's like, who do you think you are? What, what do you think you, you are to be able to go out and run 100 miles? Like you've never, you've never ran more than uh, 20 miles before this. What would make you think you can do this? Or, you know, this, you know, when you tried this before, you didn't make it or to out, out into the future where it's like, man, I'm, I, I'm 75 miles in, but I still have another marathon to go. Right. right. Or, you know, I'm 15 hours in and I still have another 15 hours to go. Like when you start to think about how much you have left or, or you know, you get too far in the, the future or the, or back in the present and, and you get out of the pre, uh, or into the past and you stay out of the present, that's when you run into trouble. And so from a mental standpoint or a mindset standpoint, I just really try to stay focused on the here and now and what's going on present for me. Amazing. Really useful. Um, so the, the examples that we're, we're looking at at the moment, sort of joining the army and, and running, it's, it's almost like um, self-inflicted adversity, so to speak. Like you're going, let me jump into this and bring it on and see, prove to myself if I can handle it. But I'm curious about if there were adversities that you faced that maybe were out of your control and that kind of hit you in some way and in, in a roundabout way trained you mentally uh, in order yeah. to, to take on the ones that are now maybe self-inflicted. Yeah. You know, I've been thinking more about this. Um, my dad, my biological dad, is he's never been like in my life. He was around when I was a, a year and a half. I think he took off somewhere around there. I don't really, you know, remember the one that was. I, the last time I ever saw him was in second grade. I went to see him for a week or two, and then uh, and then I didn't have any contact with him. He just went dark until my birthday was. I think it was my 14th or 15th birthday. He called out of the blue, and we 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 were in contact for like six months, and then I haven't seen or heard from him since. And so, why I say why I bring this up is because I think it has probably shaped me and who I am um, more than I have ever given it credit. And I think about it more lately because my, I have kids, I have a 10 year old an eight year old and a, an almost six year old. And, and they start to ask questions um, like, you know, about my dad. And, and I, and I, I really never put much thought into him. There's many, many days or even months or years where I will go without thinking about him because he just really never was there. And I've had a, my mom remarried and the stepfather that I, I look to definitely as my dad that's uh, that's been there since I was about five and, and, and was my father and is my father. Um, and so, yeah, I just never put much thought into it, but I've been reflecting more as my kids ask more questions and I start to think and I'm like, man, you know, how has that really shaped me? And I think it really um, mentally has shaped me and who I am and who I want to be as a father, you know, who I not do not want to be. Like, I do not want to be the guy that just leaves his family for whatever. I, I have no idea why, you know, and uh, so you can start to play that game of like, why did he do this? Why didn't he? What's going on in his life? What's going on in his world that would make him do that? Um, maybe it's shame and, and guilt that has kept him from from um, being a part of my life. And, uh, and so, yeah, that's just that's that's one uh i guess moment that like i say I, did, I haven't put a lot of thought into but i have more so lately and then you know just like anyone else um you know marriage isn't easy and uh, me and my wife have been through some crazy uh times ups and downs and and you know one thing that we haven't done is we we haven't both at the same time been willing to give up on each other or on the marriage like there's been times where i i have been 
ready to do that. And I, and I know there's been times when she has, but we haven't at the same time been like, yeah, this is it. And so I've, we've I've heard you know, that that's the magic of marriage <laughs> is yeah. not wanting to break up at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, because, you know, a lot of people just kind of throw it in, right? Throw in the towel and, and be like, oh, it's easier to move on or, you know, the pasture is greener on the other side. And and, uh, and and I realize, at least I know enough to know that that's really not the case. And and so, um, yeah, that's been, you know, this is just, just, just life and being a parent is, is hard. hard. And, you know, being uh, this role model and this example for your kids and, and trying to, to show them the way and teach them the way and bring them up the way, right way and not try to try at the same not time, not being too hard on ourselves because, you know, we feel like, uh, we're not doing a good enough job, you know, challenges even today with some behavior and how your kids are responding and how they act and, and, uh, what can we, what are we doing wrong or what could we do differently? And, and so constantly just going through that and continuing to keep a mindset of, Hey, you know, I'm still here. I'm still in it. It could be way worse. And, and I'm doing really, you know, I'm doing what I can and continuing to try to get better each and every day. So, yeah, not just physically, but, you know, just all areas of life constantly trying to uh, learn from what has happened in the past, to, you know, to, to bring that into today and to the, and help me to get where I want to go ultimately in the future. So, so I guess I'm really hearing that you have developed or you have had all the time what we call a growth mindset. So somebody looking to learn and develop from the things that have happened to them. Um, it's, I guess I'm always curious about, so the story with, with your dad and not being present, you know, somebody else might have had the same or similar experience and it could have affected them in the way that they repeated the cycle in a sense where they didn't trust anyone and ran away from the marriage marriages or couldn't cope with the parenting and ran away as well. Like I see that all the time, that sort of repeat pattern but something within you or something that you developed over time allowed you to do this learning and developing thing. And I'm just wondering if there was ever a point that you learned that, that you kind of went, okay, I can see that my life could go that way, but I'm going to now choose or, or, or having a moment of a, an epiphany or a crash point or a rock bottom or something. Was there anything like that for you? Or does it feel like it's just the only way that you've known was to be resilient and move forward? I think I think ultimately I've always been that way, although I would say that it's really been most true for me in the last three years where it kind of came to a point in my life like, all right, this isn't working. What I'm doing is not working. It's not what I want. It was that cycle of continue. I wasn't really in a place three years ago or three and a half years ago where you know, I would take things that happened to me and choose to look at them as a gift or a lesson, as, but more so as a like, ah, oh, this is just... You know, there's nothing I can do about it. This is just my life. These are the cards I was out. I literally just was writing an article about this this morning okay. about, um, yeah, I mean, there truly are gifts and lessons in everything. And that's that can be hard for someone that doesn't have the right perspective or that isn't open to look at that from the right lens. Because how could, how could you look at it as illness or cancer or death as a gift, right? And I think if you're really, truly open and 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 have the right lens on, you can find the gift and the lesson in everything. And, um, and so that's, you know, I, like I said, three years ago, decided to kind of go all in on myself and to, I knew that what I was doing wasn't working. And I knew that I wanted something different. Like I knew that I wanted 
a different relationship in my marriage and with my kids and in my body. I was over, I was close to 300 pounds just three and a half years ago. So I've done a lot of work there. My business, I wasn't where I wanted to be in my business. And now today, if I truly look back from today to where I was three, three and a half years ago, my life is, is, uh, completely different, significantly different. And, so um, what changed? Like take me back to yeah, three, so I, three I years invested ago. Myself and but what, but, but, but what helped you I, make that decision? hired the coaches that gave me that new perspective that gave me the perspective that, you know, our purpose really is to grow and expand every day. Because if, if we, if we're not growing, then we're really, there is no such thing as just staying in one place. You're really kind of regressing. You really like, if you don't water the plant, it wilts and dies. Yeah. And so yeah. that's, that's the mentality that I've taken over these last three, three and a half years and realizing that there are gifts and lessons and everything. And I never had that. I, I really never thought of things that happened to me that way. And so it's been so powerful. And that's what we teach every single day and what we do with our clients. And so I live that here today as well. But yeah, it's, it was a huge shift for me. And, and I went a really long time without looking at the world that way. How hard was it? Because, because we've got the beautiful, like, um, oh, it was really hard, a kind of victim mentality, and you obviously in an amazing space now with the things that you're doing and the, the impact in the world. And um, my listeners are always curious about, you know, what happens in those first weeks? Because change doesn't happen overnight, right? You're, you're beginning to think about your physical health. You're beginning to think about your mindset, but it's gradual. Like, what was that like? Yeah, it's extremely difficult, especially in the beginning, and it takes you being committed to getting what you want and being clear on what you want. A lot of people don't even know what they want. You ask them what they want. What do you want in your marriage? And they can tell you what they don't want, or they can tell you a bunch of surface level answers that really aren't uh, going to get them to where they want to be. So like and being really clear on what I want and then being committed to it, which means that I have to do work on myself. So there's a lot of work that I would do. I, and I would just do it every single day. That's a big I guess kind of mantra that I use and live by. I mean, you can see it on my wall every single day. I have to show up. I have to do the work. I have to um, do the work on myself. And so there was a process that we use. Uh, in in when we're talking about you know finding the gift and the lesson and everything, I'd have an argument with my wife, and I would go through the the process and and take myself through a set of ten questions that we use and that we've developed and implement in in our life and in our clients' life that helps me to really look at it from a different perspective of like oh kind of taking setting my worldview or my truths aside and coming over to my wife's side of the wall in this example and trying to take on her worldview and her truth to look at it from her perspective and then find you know what do I and then the question is always well what do I really want in this situation with my wife well, I don't want to be in an argument with her. I don't want to be at this point where we don't talk to each other and we're just uh, partners or roommates. I want a loving, intimate relationship with my wife. So what do I have to do in this situation in order to get what I want? Well, it means that I probably have to find the gift and the lesson in it and use that to help me get what I want moving forward. So, And you might need to be vulnerable as well. Oh, like, yeah. right like getting real about what you're feeling or what you want like I can feel like that takes you outside of the the pattern in a relationship which can be a bit blamey a bit you know let me hold my own a bit of pride a bit of anger those sorts of things ego um rather than going hey this is what I really want and taking personal responsibility that's what I'm hearing you say it's not about the other person just needing to be fixed it's going what's my part in this and really being like introspective 
yeah, that's the hard part, especially in relationships, right? Because you kind of continue to go through what I've heard called the, the crazy cycle where you're, you're all constantly battling and butting heads and uh, no one's willing to really step out and be like, all right, you know, if I really w- want what I want, I'm going to have to swallow my ego here a little bit and swallow my pride and and change how, yeah, because you can't, you can't, you cannot, um, change someone else you have it all starts with you you gotta you gotta be the change yourself i guess right like uh i think it was gandhi that said that and um be the change that you want to see in the world and that really is it really rings true um, it changes yeah. yeah and then consciously deciding or verbalizing or writing down you know what you actually want because i don't think i mean that changed my, the trajectory of my life uh, and i and it was shocking to me that no one had ever asked me that question what yeah. do you want? And, and I went to the, well, I should do this, or I need to do this, or these people are counting on me for this. And it's, it turned out that my whole life was bouncing around other people's views, conditioning, and opinions about how I should live. And it's like, no wonder I'm fucking unhappy, right? Yeah. Um, it's like, and what, yeah, what do you want and why? Like, why do you want it? Because yeah. if you don't have a really strong, we call it a holy cause. If you don't have a holy cause, it's going to drive you to do what's required to get what you want. And it doesn't really matter. Like, well, I could I could want anything in the world, but if I don't really have this deep driven why deep inside of me, that's going to get me to act decisively every single day in spite of you know those, the, the, what we were talking about before the stories, the thoughts, the feelings, emotions. Then it's not going to happen. So yeah, it's, uh, it's I a mean, process. I mean, and it's, it's a process of defining it, right? Because I realized that I wanted freedom more than anything in the world. And it's like, well, what does that actually mean to me? Why do I want that? And that stemmed from being raised in a religious cult. And even though I'd left it physically, I still wasn't free because I'd just been repeating a pattern in a new relationship and a new kind of trapped situation. So like realizing, okay, I want freedom. I'm allowed to have it if I want it. Cause there's this whole guilt thing, right? Like, am I even allowed to have what I want? And then yeah. once you know that, you can't unknow it, right? And then you've yeah. got to think, well, what, you know, if it were possible, what are the steps that I need to put in place in order to do it? And that's where the hard work begins. It sounds like through coaching and uh, perhaps your, your wife being sort of on side that you had some support or accountability in order to help push you forward. What was, the, what was that like? Did you, like, what was your surrounding support network to help move you forward? Or was it all down to you? Well, I think it ultimately always comes down to you and me. Um, So, yeah, that's a huge piece of it. But, yes, at the same time, just like um, just like the programs that we have, I invested in myself and surrounded myself with others that were in a similar place. Right. Because when you're where you live in London and where I'm at in Minnesota, um, not everybody is into investing in themselves and coaching and really doing digging deep and, and doing work or having, you know, shifting their perspective because they just don't know what they don't know. And and so, yeah, it's it's difficult for people to have that perspective. And so even if I invest in myself to go and find, get these these tools, these mindsets, these skill sets, I still it's still extremely helpful to be around a group of others that are going through the same thing. And so you, one of the great ways to do that is to invest in yourself and surround yourself with others around the world that are living a similar way, similar mindset, similar tools, similar uh, specific set of uh, language that they use that you all kind of understand, right? 
you know, it's kind of like, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, you can call it a tribe or, or whatever you want to call yeah. it, but just kind of a, a group of people that that uh, are kind of moving in life, doing life together kind of towards the same things, not necessarily the same things that they desire or want in their lives, but all kind of moving together to grow. So some kind yeah. of a community, a place where you can be open and fully yourself and feel like other, you're, you're sort of in it with other people. Um, in order to sustain your own growth, have you sort of created some habits and routines that you know kind of work for you that you consistently need to put in place to, like, enable that process? Yeah, absolutely. Besides um, running 100 miles, like, I don't know if that's what it is yeah, for you. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, I mean, so, again, so inside of uh, Prosperity Revolution, it's like, did you, every day, it's simple things that, that can give us power, and really power how we define power is it's it's the, the velocity to take action. Like the more power you have, the faster you're going to move to get the things that you want. So the way that we would create some power in my life or that I do is that I sweat every day. Do I work like move my body and work out every day? Now, if I'm training for a hundred mile uh, run, then obviously I better be moving every day because it, it takes work to be able to get to where you need to be to do that. And did I invest in, did I invest in my relationship? So that's in your relationship, like with my kids, my wife, those that really matter to me, my clients, am I investing in them? Like reaching out when you have the thought to call somebody or send them a note, most people just like have the thought and then it passes and then another month goes by and then they're like, oh, I, I should, I should really call that person or send them a message you just most time you don't act and so it's like did i invest when i have those thoughts i just send them a quick message and say hi and just reach out hey i was thinking about you it's been a long time and just connect and invest and then then i connect which for me is meditation every single day to help clear my mind reduce stress and and, and uh, really create space for myself as well as prayer and um and then do i do i um create so every day I want to create inside of my business inside of my finances as far as like studying and teaching something that will help me improve a skill set that will help me inside of business so. and so would you say that these mindsets and routines have helped you in business with productivity yeah, financially they all feed off of each other like by me working on my body every single day it gives me more energy to be more productive in my business if I'm investing in my relationships are right in my life then I don't have that hanging over me all day because when, when things aren't right at home, it gets carried into your business, right? You, 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 you're constantly thinking about it, you're stressed about it, which makes you not as productive. And then also, you know, the meditation and prayer. Like if, for me, if I'm connected to God, not everybody believes in God or, you know, but might believe in the universe or a higher power or whatever it is for you, it doesn't matter. But if I feel connected spiritually, um, then also, of course, I'm going to be uh, making good decisions and feeling good inside of my business too. So yeah, they all Amazing. kind of feed off each other. Yeah, they do. Um, do you think that we need adversity in order to grow? Like we need some of the challenges and the tough times to actually help us strengthen ourselves. I would say yes, we need it. And, and to add on top of that, like it's, guaranteed to happen right <laughs> like, it doesn't matter um, what you want or not think, not want there <laughs> yeah. for a long time i went through life thinking that you could get to this point where you wouldn't have adversity and i just uh come 
to believe that that's just not reality. And so to shift my mindset to like, I'm expecting adversity. I expect conflict. I expect things to not go the way that I would want them to go or hope them to go. And so now I'm prepared for it. Like I'm not caught off guard. I'm not surprised by it. And, uh, I call it life's kryptonite. Like the kryptonite is actually the, the, the thought that, you can have it all. You can have this great life without adversity or conflict and really shifting to like having a great life and having it all is embracing the conflict and the adversity and expecting it, knowing that it's going to happen and being prepared and, and uh, with the, the mindsets, the tool sets, the skill sets to take it on when it comes, not be surprised and just to have nothing about it and move forward uh, through it. So that's a real shift. It's not like we get to some plateau where we've made it and now no adversity comes. It's just that we're strong enough to tackle it or we shift our mindset to kind of expecting it. Um, so you've got three kids, I think you said. Uh, yeah. I'm a parent as well. I've got two. Um, do you, this might sound like a curveball question, but like, do you almost wish that your kids will face some challenges and adversity in their younger years in order to build up those muscles? Knowing that as a parent, we want to, protect them right so it's yeah, kind absolutely. of hard and counterintuitive yeah and and to be able to take those moments and really like not just let them go by it's kind of goes back to the the conversation earlier about you know there's a gift and lesson ever everything and to recognize those moments to really use those as opportunities to teach and talk to your kids about what happened and how they can find the gifts and the lessons inside of that what could they do differently next time or what can they do moving forward to um, try and avoid that in the future or to, you know, just the perspective of, Hey, you know, stuff like this does happen and it happens all the time and, you know, it's okay. And so, so yeah, just use those as big teaching moments. Yeah. There, it's so hard. Now, when of course I go ahead. Yeah. Of course I don't want like, uh, you know, serious injury or yeah, like I want to protect my kids, but at the same time, as long as it's not going to like permanently affect them the rest of their life of in one way or another i think yeah it's great. adversity is, is amazing i think my perspective changed as a therapist when i had clients who'd actually been you know wrapped in cotton wool they say here um for you know most of their life protected from everything uh not not been encouraged to take risks kept safe in your comfort zone stay in your comfort zone and they come to me as therapy clients because they're deeply unhappy, any kind of failure or disappointment like is soul destroying and is a really big deal. And it's like we've got to start way, way late when they've got loads of conditioning in their mind already to build uh, resilience and allow them to almost experiment with situations that might provoke adversity or put themselves in those situations. So I guess for me as a parent, it shifted my mindset to going, oh, actually, if my kids, you know, experience some of this stuff and I just take a step back and then help them learn to reflect, as you're saying, and, and learn and grow from it, that's actually a much more useful parenting tip to prepare our kids for, for the real world, which, like you said, is going to have so much adversity uh, all the time. Yeah, that's, that's interesting because, yeah, you're right. I think most people choose comfort or they allow, you know, again, like, our mind tries to play tricks on us and keep us from, you know, try, tries to protect us, keep us comfortable. And so many don't do hard things every day because they think that maybe they tried to do something hard before and they failed and they're like protecting themselves from that failure. Or they're like, it's just more comfortable and easy to sit here and just not grow and expand and just enjoy the life. But then, like you said, what happens is really it's almost the pain is more because 
comes down to like really being unfulfilled, I think is what we're talking about. You know, I just wrote an article on this unfulfillment versus achievement. You can be in this mode set of like constantly just trying to achieve things just to achieve them, or you can really uh, create a life for yourself where you are going after things that will really fulfill you and give you purpose and drive in your life. And, and, if you're not even trying to achieve or fulfill, then you're in this place of just like mediocrity. And that's what I think that's what you're talking about is like these people that are coming to you. And it's just, it's just a slow drip over time of like, they don't even realize until the point where they're just like, they're looking around and they're like, what am I doing? What's going on? Like I'm 60 years old or I'm 50 years old. And this is what you're like, this has to be more. Is this right? it? Yeah. 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 Um, and, and depression, anxiety, some of those things begin to develop when you simply haven't practiced the tools. Uh, within, I like how you're talking about relationship quite a bit because people don't often realize what a practice ground that is for building resilience, for being vulnerable, for bringing our whole selves, for all the stuff that you're talking about. And of course, it affects business and all the rest of it. Um, but that's sometimes the place where, that we take for granted and we go into automatic pilot like, okay, I'm going to be on my best behavior out here. But when I'm home, I'm just going to let it all fall apart and just let it all out because we, we do because we're comfortable in that space. Um, but the knock on, like we've got to, I love how you said invest in ourselves. We've got to invest. We've got to do something proactively uh, in, in every part of our lives. Um, what is the next frontier for you? What, what is, what is Nate's uh, sort of new possibilities? What are you working towards? What's my next what? My next Your year? next frontier, yeah. So frontier. what are you working towards? Um, I'm, I, uh, I want to help and impact lives, like generations. So I'm going to continue to grow as a speaker, as a writer, as a... Uh, leader and i want to i want to have relationships with my kids and i want to be able to impact them in a way that makes them um be you know a better man and woman as they get older i have two girls and a boy and to be an example for them of how marriage is really supposed to look like how they how what parenting is supposed to look like for them and uh just take advantage of the time that I have with them, knowing that like, that's what scares me the most. If I'm not the example for my kids, someone else is going to be. And so just continually like that kind of drives me. That's when we talk about holy cause or why that's mine. It's like, I know that if I don't lead by example, show them what it is to do hard things and show them what it is to do the work to accomplish those things that someone else out there that I'm more than likely not going to approve of is going to be that example for them. So it's continuing to do that, continuing to build what we are building inside of Prosperity Revolution so that we can really go out and in, impact all of these lives and continue to push myself and just to continue to live what I teach and preach, like I said at the very beginning. Um, I feel, you know, there's some that live on their past accomplishments. And one time after after uh, I heard this from, from a guy, after a group that I was a part of, just accomplished a pretty big um, event, like very physically, mentally, and emotionally challenging uh, experience that we all had. And we had just finished and everybody's celebrating. 
and uh, right, like pretty much right after, they're like, "All right, here we gotta, we have to help." And like, they had to clean up all the stuff and and basically put all the equipment away that was there. And and he's like, "You guys are, you're only as good as your last minute. Like, humble yourself." Basically, what he was saying is like, "Yeah, you just finished this. It's great. It's a it's a huge accomplishment. Not saying that you shouldn't enjoy it, but hey, we still got a little bit of work to do here. And uh, you're only as good as your last minute." And so that's kind of stuck with me, you know that. So my next frontier is always kind of reminding myself of that, that I'm only as good as my last um, minute, my last accomplishment. So well, That's a beautiful place to end, but a good, a good sort of catchphrase. Um, if people want to work with you or find out more about what you do, where can they find you? Yeah, they could go to my website, um, www.natebaileyspeaks.com, and, and uh, we have information on my books and our programs and my blog and podcast and all of that is right there. Amazing. Thank you so much. We'll add all that into the show notes. Really appreciate your, your time and your wisdom. Uh, it's all your only, what, what was the saying again? Let's end with it. You're only yeah. as good as your last minute. You're only as good as your last minute. You're only as good as your last minute. I'm going to take that with me. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it.